five, four, three, two, one. It's time for a little Canadian content. Don't get your knickers in a twist. I know this is the first time you've heard me this week. And this is the only time you're going to be hearing me live during the week. So let me just tell you right now, a shot of whiskey may help you. It'll get your head straight. As for the rest of you getting straight, well, don't even bother. You're fabulous just the way you are. And thus begins the change. Hi, everybody. Uh, I am Revelstoke Jim, and I have been on before on Wednesday evenings. You've heard me. At midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Western time, I'm telling you right now, this is all familiar to you. But if you didn't know it already, I'll tell you now, the schedule has changed. You can now hear Revelstoke Jim and Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content live Only on Wednesday evenings, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Western time. That's it. There you go. So, it's not meant to confuse you. It's not meant to do anything but bring you the best program once a week that you can possibly have. It's all, it's like a gumbo. It's like a big stew. You know, I got tired of having the meat on Mondays, the vegetables on Wednesdays, and the potatoes on Fridays. Oh, God, I wish I hadn't said potato. I got tired of splitting them all up. I decided to put them all together and make the stew on Wednesday nights, and that's what's going to happen. And that's why I'm here. Again, I am so, I'm, I'm behind the times. It's already the 9th of, we, uh, the, the 9th of Wednesday. Jeez. Maybe, maybe once a week isn't going to do it for me. I'm starting to lose my big words. It's September the 9th, 2015. I still haven't switched the calendar over. Hang on. Bear with me. Or moose with me, if you will, while I uh, stand up at the desk, because Brad cannot do this. I'm going to play a piece of music and a promo, and I'm going to fix this damn calendar, because you know what? It's going to mess with me, and I don't like being messed with. Revelstoke Jim, putting up with your crap for over 16 years.
Okay, there. I did it. I fixed it. Now the calendar says September. Um, that's a mighty, a mighty horny looking moose on the old moose calendar that I'm seeing for September. Uh, perfect. Now I can see it is September 9th, a Wednesday, the day this program is on the air. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Of course, you can hear... Uh, you can hear archived broadcasts of Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content on Friday evenings. You may occasionally even hear a live broadcast on a Friday evening. I will let you know, because that's a common courtesy that all Canadians have. So what's this going to mean for you? Well, Adventure Night is no longer just... It's not Wednesdays. Adventure nights will, in the future, become special events. Oh, hang on. I just realized I got to do one other thing. Oh. Man, I didn't turn the fan off. All right. So, adventure nights, or as we are going to be calling them from now on, uh, Adventure Theater with the Adventure Idiots will be special events and they'll show up on Fridays every once in a while. But the moose poop stories, the moose poop stories will happen on Wednesday nights when the program is live. So fear not faithful listener, loyal viewer, you can sit back and still get your moose poop once a week right here on Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content, all without a prescription. And by the way, the Canadian moose poop is much cheaper than American moose poop. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, simple as that. Uh, let's see, nothing else changes. If you want to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me via social media, all forms, Instagram, Ello, Snapchat, Facebook, Tumblr. There are ones that aren't even invented yet. If you search for Revelstoke Jim, you'll find him. But if you really want to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you. We use Twitter on the program. And when someone tweets us at RevJimCanCon, it comes straight into my computer and makes its way through the Tweetmatic 1200 and alerts me that someone is trying to say hi. see our first one of the evening let me make sure I, I get this right comes in from our good buddy at Tessic 1138 he says at Rev Jim Can Con you make me feel like I'm not a cripple so I want a good poop tonight oh isn't that nice uh, we're also hearing from the groovy cat 
who I'm glad is in a groovy mood. And he says, uh, Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content is on gabnet.net now. At Rev Jim Can Con, hashtag moose poop, hashtag Rev Jim. He also says, live Jim. Yay, hashtag Rev Jim. Uh, Tom Yamaguchi says, I gave up on getting straight a long time ago. And for tonight, I am going with hard cider. <laughs> All right, Tom. Going for the cider. Uh, so there you go. Those are our tweets for the evening. Coming up later, as I said, uh, a little bit of moose poop in the night to help you settle your nerves. I know we were, you know what? It may not have the same ring or joie de vivre as Moose Poop Monday. There's nothing wrong with Moose Poop Wednesday. It's just, it's Moose Poop. I do not, I do not recycle the Moose Poop. It's always fresh. So make sure you, uh, you remember that. Wednesday is just fine. Uh, let me tell you uh, what else is happening. Uh, what else is happening, Revelstoke Jim? I had to uh, I had to go down to the city hall. You know, once the decision was made to go to a once a week format here in Revelstoke, British Columbia, the coolest little town north of nowhere. I had to go to the mayor's office and fill out some forms that said, uh, I'm doing less broadcasting from the Log Broadcasting Center, but it will be of a higher quality. And I will do other programming as well. It just may not be heard It may not be heard on GabNet. It may not be heard, whatever. I could be on other programs. Other, other, other podcasts do exist. Uh, there are, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there was, there was an idea that I would be doing a karaoke show with a very well-known podcaster. That may still happen. I'm not sure about that. Uh, I have to work out the details. Anyway. Uh, no, I just, I had to go fill out the form. And the mayor, uh, Tony Pepidou, says to me, uh, um, uh, you know, you, uh, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to run for re-election on this new platform of uh, once a week. And I thought, oh, crap. Uh, how am I going to do, you know, I mean, am I going to get re-elected? I have been the town's official internet broadcaster since uh, 1998. By the way, that is a long time ago. In internet years, that's practically ancient. But, uh, uh, so he says, you're going to have to stand for re-election again. And it's like, oh, crap, okay. Uh, what do I have to do? He says, well, you got to fill out these forms and you have to post a bond and then we'll just tag it on as an addendum to the federal election that's happening right now here in Canada, which takes place in a month. And I said, oh, okay, well, that's fine. I, uh, I don't think, uh, uh, I think I'm running unopposed from what I hear. 
And he said, yeah, nobody, nobody else wants that job. And I went, oh, well, cool. <laughs> he says, nobody wants a job that doesn't pay anything and comes from a town that nobody has heard of. So you're, you're like, you're in. And I thought, ah, cool. I like that. Uh, as a reminder, if you didn't know, this program comes from the top of the mountain, down the dirt road, across the river, and straight onto the information superhighway, directly connecting my voice with your computer or mobile device. Hello, Siri. Anyway, uh, I am live, as I said. Here, I'm pinching myself right now. If I was live, I couldn't do that. If you're listening, and this is a rebroadcast, or you've downloaded the podcast, uh, that pinch you just heard, that doesn't hurt. It hurts as I'm doing it live, but not when it's a rebroadcast. Uh, at Tessic1138 reminds me that he was still in diapers in 1998. Well, um, <laughs> the things you learn about people's private lives here on the internet. Hey, we got some more tweets. Uh, Jim Riley says, good evening, Jim. Hashtag Rev Jim. And I say, good evening, Jim. You know, Jim Riley and I, we could just, I could spend the whole night just saying hello to Jim Riley and he could say hello to me and and it would just go on and on and on. Yuha uh, David says, once a week is better than no Canadian content at all. Oh, well, thank you very much, David. <sighs> Oh, now I mentioned that there is a federal election happening right now in the great country of Canada. And it's interesting because in the riding that I inhabit here in Revelstoke, uh, there are three candidates or candidates. Anyway, there are three people running for the same job. Uh, one of them is a liberal. Woohoo! Uh, one of them is a member of the New Democratic Party. They are to the, they are even more to the left of the liberals. I'm trying to give you a political take on things. There are uh, um, there are actually four major parties here in Canada. There are uh, the uh, the conservatives. Okay, okay, no comment needed. Uh, <laughs> there are the conservatives. Uh, they are the uh, the uh, the they are the party in the government at the moment. There are the uh, New Democratic Party. They are to they are they are like a labor party. All right, they are that that is their their base. Uh, big labor. Uh, there is the Liberal Party, who have been the government before. I happen to like the Liberal Party. This is not a paid political announcement. I'm just saying, um, yeah, Mr. Trudeau, the great Pierre Trudeau, 
was leader of the Liberal Party years ago. His son, Justin, is now the leader of the Liberal Party. And then there is the Green Party. So there are four parties. Uh, The Green Party does not have a candidate running in my writing. I have, as I said, the Conservative Party, the Liberal Party, and the New Democratic Party. Now, being Canadian politics, it's it's so cool because, uh, first off, I don't know the name. I don't know the name of the Conservative Party candidate. Because you know why? I don't care. It's just, I'm not going to vote for him. I just, <laughs> I just, I never bothered. Uh, it, it, it's other people elected him. I've just had to deal with him. But the cool thing about Canadian politics is, first off, the member of the Liberal Party is... His name is Don Johnson. I'm not kidding. His name... Say it with me. His name is Don Johnson. Okay, now the really cool thing is, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to vote for him. He's got a cool name. I want him to come to a political debate in a white suit, no socks, three-day stubble. Uh, that would be cool. I could just see him standing behind the podium. It would be so much fun. But uh, no, he's not that Don Johnson. He is a Don Johnson. Okay. And then. No, hang on. I got it backwards. No, he's the liberal. He's the guy I like. Holy crap. I almost had it backwards. Okay. He's the liberal. He's the guy I'm voting for. I am voting for Don Johnson. Or as I call him, Sonny Crockett. Uh, The guy who is running as the new Democratic candidate. Uh, You know what? Here in Canada, if you can't get a retired hockey player to run for a political office, then what you do is you find a guy with a name that sounds like a retired hockey player, and you get him to run for political office The guy who is running as the candidate for the new Democratic Party here in the Columbia Kootenays is uh, Wayne Stetsky. Hand to God, I'm not kidding. Wayne Stetsky. That is just, to me, that is the best. You find somebody who sounds like uh, uh, Wayne Gretzky and you get people to vote for him, you might get him elected. 
by the way, there's so many of you who have no idea that that is the former theme to Hockey Night in Canada. That's the only music that means hockey to millions of Canadians. Uh, yeah, so uh, there you go. Don Johnson, uh, Wayne Stetsky, and some other guy. <laughs> who already has the job, so I don't think I need to promote him. I don't actually remember what his name is, so we'll just leave it at that. Hey, guess what? Uh, I got a tweet. Did you get a tweet? I don't think so, but I did. Let's find out who's saying hi. It's Diana of the Night, the naughty nurse of northern New York. And she says a good moose poop is good every day. It's a load off one's mind, body, bring it on. Hashtag high gym. Hashtag rev gym. Ah, there you go. <laughs> and no, there is not a red green party. Here in Canada, even though there should be, because uh, as Red is fond of saying, uh, if the girls don't find you handsome, they should at least find you handy. So there we go. Hey, uh, there's moose poop to be had, and there are going to be Skype calls taken later on when I open up Skype lines. 347-352-0079 or GabNet Live. Please, if you're going to be part of the Skype conversation tonight... Think responsibly. That's all I have to say. The life you save may be someone else on the Skype call. When we come back, uh, there's, there's, oh, there's going to be poop all over the place. So tread lightly and, uh, and wear your rubbers. Voted Mr. Canada, 12 years and counting. You're listening to Revelstoke Jim.
has long been felt that certain people come into your life at different stages for different reasons. The old saying, a reason, a season, or a lifetime is familiar to quite a few. And in the case of my good friend Woody, there has been a lifetime of enjoyment from our interactions. And in Woody's life, he has enjoyed a lifetime of friendship from myself, his best friend, the large black bucket-headed Labrador known as the Glazed Duke, and the people who do, in fact, drift in and out of his life. And there was an instant when Woody and the Glazed Duke had an addition to their lives that forever changed them. Now Woody and the Duke would spend their days on the little gravel road just down from the historic cemetery or along the many trails and paths that made their way through the vast majestic woods that surrounded them. They knew every rock, every tree, every dry riverbed, every swollen creek, like it was the back of their hand. They interacted with nature in a way that most people could only imagine. For they were inhabitants of the high north Canadian woods. And they loved it dearly. From every blade of grass, to every broken twig, to every mossy rock, they could find their way in the dark or the denseness of the great forest that surrounded them. So when they came across something that did not belong, it caught their attention more than seeing something they expected to be there, but wasn't. One day, while walking on the old trail that was known as the Five Mile Rock Pathway. On their way to stake some gold claims to sell to tourists in the summer months, Woody and the Duke were enjoying the good weather and the company of each other Woody was whistling away, the Duke spending 
his afternoon sniffing at every plant, tree, and rock that he came across. And then all of a sudden, the glazed duke stopped. And that caught Woody's attention. And the glazed duke was look at some, looking at something in the short grass just off the pathway. Woody found himself curious and made his way over to the duke and asked him, What is it, boy? And as he pushed aside the short grass, he saw lying there on the ground a small yellow ball of fuzz that was, in fact, a gosling. A baby goose, to be exact. And Woody looked up to see if there was, in fact, a nest nearby, and he could see no sign of the family homestead for this young wayward gosling and not wanting to interfere with nature's own rules he put the gosling back on the ground and said come on duke leave her be his mama's gonna be around somewhere and as they started to walk away they noticed the young gosling trying to follow after them. But the young gosling was hampered by the fact that its right leg seemed to be incapable of holding its weight. And there it lay flopping on the tall grass letting out the occasional peep, 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 peep. The glazed duke walked back towards it, put his giant black nose right next to the little gosling and gave out a big sniff. <sniffs> gave it a little nudge with his snout. Got the gosling standing up and the little bird took three steps and fell back down to the ground, unable to progress forward. And it was then that Woody realized that the little bird was indeed injured and had been left by his family to be part of the great cycle of life. The strong survive, the weak do not. But this was a situation that Woody could not ignore, especially with the gigantic, big, watery, brown eyes of the glazed duke looking at him as if to say, Well, do something. The little guy can't walk. And against his better nature, but because he had a great appreciation 
for wildlife and living things, Woody reached down and picked up the little gosling, took his green and yellow John Deere hat off of his head, placed the little bird inside it, and the three of them together turned around and walked along the path all the way back to the little shack on the gravel road. When they'd got back to the little cabin, Woody sat down at the kitchen table, the glazed duke, sitting next to him on the floor, attentively, his head at table height, staring intently at the fluffy little bird inside the hat, and carefully examining the gosling, Woody could see that indeed the right leg of the small bird was indeed broken. He's all busted up, he said to the duke. And the duke just looked back at him with those big brown sad eyes, as if to say, well, fix him. He's cute. And Woody stared long at the big black dog and then back at the little yellow fuzzball of a bird who was just sitting in his hat. Beep, beep, beep. Woody went to the junk drawer, found himself two old popsicle sticks and a handful of twist ties that had been used on bread bags. And he came back to the table and sat down and carefully placed a popsicle stick on each side of the damaged appendage of the little gosling and then held it in place with the green twist ties. He then picked the little bird up out of the hat and put him on the table. And his unformed wings started to flap up and down. And he started to squawk and peep. And ever so clumsily, he began to walk around the tabletop, swinging this injured right leg that was now held in place by popsicle sticks and twist ties. The glazed duke looked at the little bird and back at Woody with a gigantic smile on his face. And Woody looked down at the little bird and said, well, I guess you got a place to live now. The large black Labrador let out a woof. And Woody looked back at the bird and said, you're going to need a name. And from that moment on, 
whenever people would talk of Woody and the Glazed Duke, they would talk about the goose, the Canadian goose that lived with them, that was known as Lewis. Now, Lewis had a lot of rehabilitation to get through in life, and he had a lot of growing to do. And while his leg healed, Woody and the Duke looked after him as best they could. They collected small bugs from out on the property to bring to Lewis, who lived in a hat box on the kitchen table in the little cabin. And Lewis was also quite fond of the crumbs that would gather around the jowls of the glazed duke that were left over from the day-old donuts that the dog lived on. And instead of just brushing them, them away as he had done in the past, Woody would collect the crumbs and place them in a pile inside Lewis's hat box. And over the months, Lewis began to flourish and grow. The fuzzy yellowness disappeared, and Lewis had begun to sprout his full-grown Canadian goose feathers. Eventually, his right leg healed, and Woody removed the twist ties and the popsicle sticks. But forever... Lewis's right leg was twisted at an odd angle that did not permit him to run, but in fact, he was only able to slightly waddle lopsided down the road. But actually... Lewis never spent that much time on his feet because when they walked to town, Woody would pick him up out of the hat box and place him on the back of the glazed duke, right between his broad shoulder blades, and the three of them would make their way into town. Woody, the Duke, and Lewis, the Canadian Goose, quite happily moving at a speed and height that was lesser than his Canadian Goose brothers and sisters. But no Canadian Goose was ever so loved as Lewis was. Woody and the Duke so loved Lewis that they decided to dig a pond for Lewis on the property next to the little shack on the gravel road. 
and instead of making the pond round, Woody best utilized the natural lay of the property and carved out a long, 50-foot-long ditch that was five feet wide and four feet deep. And they diverted the water that came down the hill that went to the pump, and they filled the long trench, and they would place Lewis in the water, and he would swim back and forth, honking, as all geese do. Honk, 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 honk. And occasionally the glazed duke would wade into the water and he and Lewis would do laps back and forth while Woody sat on the stump nearby smoking one of his hand-rolled cigarettes and marveling in the little family that they had become. Everybody in the little town five miles away had become quite familiar with the new trio. And with Woody walking be with Woody and the Glazed Duke walking beside him and Lewis on top of the Glazed Duke's back, they would make their way into town, pick up their mail, their groceries, and people would say, Hiya, Woody! Hiya, Duke! How's it going, Lewis? And Woody would wave back, and the Duke would, Hur! and Lewis would, honk, honk. They became the closest thing to family that Woody had ever had. Come that fall, as the seasons change. The stacking of firewood complete. There came an event that caused Woody great distress. He was first alerted to it by the sound from high overhead when the three of them were inside the little cabin. And way off in the distance, at great heights, he could hear, Honk! 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 And he came out the door and he looked up and he saw a massive V formation in the sky of Canadian geese heading south. As he stared up at the amazing sight, the glazed duke beside him, Lewis waddled out of the little cabin with his slightly twisted leg, looking up at his brethren and sisters in the sky, and he let out a honk, honk. And Woody and the Duke realized 
They had to do something for Lewis. He had to be fulfilled. A goose had to be with other geese. So from that day on, they attempted to make things right with nature. Every morning, Woody would carry Lewis out to the middle of the gravel road, and they would stand side by side in the middle of the road, and Woody would take two steps forward, flapping his arms and looking back at Lewis, going, come on, Lewis, come on, follow me. And Lewis would attempt to mimic Woody's movements by flapping his wings and trying to waddle after him with his slightly irregular sidestep. But then he'd stop and turn around and wander back towards the little cabin, discouraged. Woody would walk back and pick him up, place him at the center of the road again, and for days on end, Woody would attempt to show Lewis just what the possibilities were. If Lewis could just attain enough speed while flapping his arms, he could soar in the sky with all the other geese heading south. But Lewis was discouraged by his lack of progress and would just waddle down to the pond that Woody had made and slowly swim back and forth, sadly discouraged. Woody's next thought was possibly adding some elevation to Lewis's flying attempts. And one day they came out of the little cabin. Woody was holding Lewis in his hands and he stood right beside the pond and in an underhand motion he tried to throw Lewis up into the air, hoping that the bird would just naturally start to flap and have enough speed to begin flying. But after a few futile flaps of his wings, Lewis settled into the pond with a splash, and Woody had to come up with a better idea. So he gathered Lewis up, and this time, as if holding a football, he held Lewis high above his head in his right arm, and as if throwing a spiral, tried to send the goose forward. And Lewis, in midair, would start flapping his wings, and he slowly seemed to attain some level of flight but once again landed with a splash in the pond. And the attempt 
having failed, waddled back to the little cabin. And just as the three of them went back inside, high above them once again, a massive formation of Canadian geese flew overhead, and there was the distant honk, honk, honk. And Lewis lowered his head, ignoring them, realizing he would never soar. That night, Woody lay in the little bed. The glazed duke asleep on his bed next to the fire. And Lewis curled up in his hat box on the kitchen table. And Woody smoked cigarette after cigarette, trying to think of an answer to the perplexing situation that was stopping his friend and companion from achieving his genetic goal and eventually falling asleep and awaking the next morning to that high distant sound once again. Honk, honk, honk. Woody leapt out of the metal bed and was struck with an idea. He threw on his boots and dashed out the door of the little cabin and started up his motorcycle. He ran back inside, scooped Lewis out of the hat box off the kitchen table, ran back to the motorcycle, sat down on it, placed Lewis right there on the cross member of the handlebars, and Woody twisted the throttle and tore off along the gravel road, staring upwards at the formation of geese heading south. And he shouted over the wind noise to Lewis, this is it, boy. This time it's gonna work. And as if understanding what Woody was trying to do, Lewis dropped his head and his long neck down to make himself as streamlined and aerodynamically perfect as possible as the motorcycle accelerated in a cloud of dust and rocks down the little gravel road, 40 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour, as they made their way south almost to where the road started to curve and Woody realized it was now or never, and he shouted over the engine noise and the wind, now, Lewis! And Lewis still sat there on the cross members of the front of the motorcycle handlebars and did not move, yet Woody was running out of road, and in a last-ditch effort, Woody did the only thing he could think of He had to goose the goose. 
and he placed his left hand underneath Lewis, shocking him so much he popped up into the air, extended his wings, and at the great speed of 60 miles an hour began to soar upwards as if a rocket had been attached to him. Woody hit the brakes of the motorcycle and dropped it onto the ground in a cloud of dust, and he raised his hands up to his mouth and he shouted, Go for it, Lewis! And Lewis began flapping and honking and flapping. And after a couple of minutes of effort, he finally made it to the elevation of all the other geese. And he made his way into the back of the V formation. And some of the other geese looked back at him, wondering who the stranger was that was now heading south with them. But Lewis's head was focused on the direction they were going and all he could do as his wings flapped up and down was join in the ongoing chorus of honk, honk, honk. And the glazed duke had run all the way down the gravel road and was now standing beside Woody, and they both looked up at Lewis, who was flying. And Lewis flew and flew and felt as if for one time in his life he was indeed fulfilling his role in nature. He was a goose heading south. Part of the grand formation of life. And then Lewis realized that if he went any farther and traveled with this mighty formation, he would have to land somewhere. And once on the ground, he would be incapable of leaving the earth without help. So having achieved his goal, Lewis raised one wing and lowered the other, and he peeled off from the mighty V formation heading south. And he made his way north, back towards the two figures standing there on the gravel road, staring up at him. By this time, Woody and the Duke had pushed the old motorcycle back to the little cabin. And as they got there, they saw Lewis circle once, twice, and then come in from the long side of the pond, flare his wings gently his little right leg still slightly askew. And then with one touch, two touch, he landed making contact with the water and glided to the other side. And then 
With his sideways waddle, he walked out, shook off his tail feathers, let out a big honk, and made his way towards the door of the little cabin on the gravel road just down from the historic cemetery. Woody and the Duke had big smiles on their faces. Because it's nice when you can help a friend fulfill their destiny and still have them as friends. And Woody and the Duke made their way inside to the little cabin. Sat down at the kitchen table. Woody reached into the box of stale donuts and broke it into three pieces. For now, they were indeed three. A family. Woody, the glazed duke, and Lewis, the Canadian goose. And each fall, Lewis would perch himself on the handlebars of that old Honda 750, and Woody would tear down the gravel road heading south at full speed, and Lewis would fly into the sky, free to be himself, and free to come home to be with his friends. That's your moose poop for September 9th, 2015. I'll make a Skype call with you if you want when I come back.
Revelstoke Gym will take your Skype calls in just a moment. the internet seems to have uh, stayed with us after its uh, little hiccup. So I guess if you want to give me a call, say hi. It's going to be your only chance uh, because I'm only here once a week now. Uh, GabNet Live, 347-352-0079. And remember, if you've got something to say on Skype, make it count. The problem with Skype is you never know who's on the other side of the line until they call. And, you know, I, I, I invoked the word potato earlier this evening. And uh, I got uh, I got uh, I got a call. Uh, we're being joined by uh, uh, Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Hi. How are you? I am... Just Yeah, this is this is your only chance of the week now to talk to a Canadian. I know. Well, it, no, it make, hang on. Make, no, I take that back because you do know other Canadians than myself. Yes. Right. But but uh, the infrequency of other Canadian connecting on Skype is the issue. Well, that, and part of the other problem is uh, there is a. F- fair number of Canadians who just uh, uh, do not know how to read or write. I'm, I'm one of the rare ones that actually have communication skills. So, and the yeah, first... You're, you're not from Alberta. No. no, that's the thing. The further east you go uh, from British Columbia, the less likely, likely you're going to find a Canadian uh, uh, who can put together two words that... Uh, yeah. yeah. 
I've noticed that. Okay, well, uh, I'm glad you've noticed that. I, I, I'm, if anything, I'm glad that uh, I have made an impression on you over these uh, um, many months. Because I'm sure when you first tuned into this show, you were like, damn, he talked like for two hours. Uh, I never, I've never known a Canadian to uh, put that many words into a sentence and, and continue to talk that long. Well, actually, you, you would be the second one. Oh, okay. Yes, because I, I think I told you at one point, one of my clients was born in Kamloops and still had family there. Never heard of it. Right. Um, so, he, yeah, he, he would go on and on about Canada whenever we'd have conventions or I'd have a meeting with him and... Even still, as my client today, he still talks about hockey and uh, whatever the great Kamloops hockey team is. Oh, the Blazers. Be, the Blazers. Yeah, that seem to be rebuilding every year. Oh, it, it, hey, it is. Uh, hockey season is about to start, and I'm telling you right now, the 2015-2016 season for the Kamloops Blazers is a rebuilding year. I saw it. In the headlines of the local newspaper, uh, they've they've got some new talent. They got some new blood. Uh, it, it's it's going to be very interesting. So I'm just telling you right now, your friend is correct. So when your friend talks about Canada, how does how does he uh, how does he do it? I mean, as, as scary as it is, very similar to you. He's got very <laughs> little in the way of positivity to say anything about. Any place east of British Columbia. Oh, okay. And in fact, uh, I have a couple of Facebook friends that live on Prince Edward Island. And I had mentioned that mistakenly to my client who said, Oh, that airplane landing strip? <laughs> No, I should say no. Listen, the 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 airplane landing strip is is technically in Newfoundland. It's Gander. Hey, we're on a goose theme tonight. Uh, Gander, Newfoundland, uh, was the staging area during World War II. Of a, it was a place to. Uh, uh, there was a lot of uh, air transport of uh, airplanes from the North American continent to uh, uh, Great Britain and and other locations. They all the ferry pilots would fly out of Gander. Uh, you know, Prince Edward Island, though it, it's pretty much known for again, as I said, Anne of Green Gables. You're right there. Uh, the red clay roads that they have, and potatoes. Yep. And that's basically that's basically it. Yeah, it's a PEI. Uh, in fact, they only got a bridge to go to PEI in the last few years. You used to have to take a ferry to get there. I had heard that. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, and a lot of people, oh, when the ferry went away and the bridge, uh, the I think it's the Confederation Bridge, a lot of people unhappy because all of a sudden that makes you, that makes you part of things. They liked the fact that they could keep the, uh, uh, the outsiders at bay 
by saying, oh, the ferry's full up today. You can't come to Prince Edward Island. <laughs> because they're very, you know, they're, first off, they're very, they, they don't want to just, they don't want strangers coming and taking all their potatoes. Yeah, but it's only like two towns there. What is it? Charlottetown and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and one other one. And that's about it. And I, Charlottetown I, is the main one, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And the funny thing is that the, the population of Princess in the summertime, the population of Prince Edward Island is usually, uh, it usually triples, but everybody else is Japanese because they come for Anne of Green Gables. Interesting. Yeah. No, the Japanese love Anne. Well, I... Any, they all want to, they all, all the Japanese want to be on the road to Avonlea. They, they want the Anne of Green Gables experience. They buy, they buy uh, uh, red wigs that are in braids and they put little freckles on their faces and they take a lot of pictures and they, uh, they take home bronzed potatoes and all that's, you know, it's just, it's, it's a big thing. I'm sure if you were to peruse the Facebook photo albums of, uh, oh, 80% of, of Japanese tourists, you would find that they had made the pilgrimage to uh, Charlottetown so they could uh, uh, partake of the legendary uh, Anne of Green Gables experience. Wow. Yeah. The other big deal I know that happens in July, I believe, or early August, is the Cavendish Music Festival. Yes. And um, and that's quite a big deal to international acts that come there. International meaning from United States and Canada, and I'm not sure beyond that, but it's mostly country from what I understand. Yes, it, 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 has, it has a definite kind of twang to it yes uh it's not like uh uh yeah it's not like it's some sort of uh anne of green gables slash woodstock kind of festival uh where you know by the way i can only say that i appreciate my home country for the mere fact that uh come halloween there is no official slutty Anne of Green Gables costume that you can buy online. Okay, I've looked at all the other... Co- you can buy yourself, oh, the slutty nurse, the slutty police officer, uh, the, the slutty EMT, the, the slutty podcaster. All these things you can buy online as Halloween costumes. But thank God, I think the Canadian government has seen to the fact that you can't just find your... I mean, you can make yourself a slutty Anne of Green Gables costume, but really, who would want to? She's she's a treasure. And, and furthermore, how do you <laughs> slut up a house coat? <laughs> well, it's basically what she's wearing, a prairie dress, whatever you want to call it. Um... And I think if you did slut it up, it would give the wrong impression because most people look at Anne of Green Gables um, different than Anne of Avonlea because she was a child then. Yeah, that that's just kind of creepy then. Yeah. 
So now if Ann got older, well, that would be different. But uh, come on, behave yourself. I mean, uh... I I have said nothing out of line. I am as cool as a potato. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, maybe I'll give you that. Um, oh, there we go. I can. Uh, I was. I was moving at a slightly reduced. Uh, oh no, I have to brighten myself up here for you. Yes, I'm. I'm just adjusting my camera stuff while we're talking because uh, I was. There was a lag in my camera, and I. I don't. I don't want to lag for you. I want you to see me. I got my full Canadian shirt on tonight. I see that. You I got, don't have your axe, though. No, I, I, I got rid of my axe a long time ago. Some doofus lost it on a boat trip. Was that you? No. Some American. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Some American uh, lost my axe on a boat trip <laughs> months ago, and I haven't seen it. Either that or he stole it. I don't know. Uh if 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 it went lost on a boat trip, I'm guessing you're not going to see it. No, I'm not going to see it. I, I just not. I'm not going to see it. Uh, hey, uh, can you uh, can you sit with me for a minute? I'm I'm sitting all the time. Oh, so that's yeah. right. That's right. No, I just I have some tweets to answer, and I'd love to uh, answer them while you're here. That would be wonderful. I like I like to make people part of the program since I'm only seeing them now once a week. I mean, this is our only chance to talk now. It, can I make a suggestion? Okay, let's let's. Uh, okay. Since it's only once a week, yes. I think Tweetmatic yes. should go twice as long. <laughs> well, actually, we cut down from three shows to one, so shouldn't it go like three times as long? I I'm fine with that too. Okay, hang on. It's one of, it's one of my favorite sounds in in the world. <laughs> oh, we and we added a printer to it now too. So hang on. Takes a while to print them out. It's Uh, this is just one tweet, by the way. Okay, there we go. Uh, we got a tweet from the Midnight Movie Nights. Uh, we assure you that Wednesday is not the only night with a K you have, good sir. Hashtag Rev Jim. You ever listen to that program? I'm watching movies on that night. Oh, yeah. Well, that's okay. I think they have something to do with movies. I'm not sure. I never hear them talk about them. So that, That's precisely my point. Yeah. But I watch it while they don't talk about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Groovy Cat says, that was awesome moose poop. Hashtag Rev Jim. Well, that's nice. Uh, Diana says, so happy for Lewis. Thanks, Jim. Families come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, she says, very much so, a best of moose poop for sure. 
Oh, I see. Referring, that was a good... Yeah, I would have to... I love the story of Lewis, the Canadian goose, who couldn't fly right because he had a wonky leg. A wonky leg for a honky goose. That's right. Uh, Jim Riley says, with a tear in my eye and a smile on my face, I must say, excellent moose poop, sir. Oh, that's nice. See, Moose Poop Wednesday is turning out just fine. Yeah, the, uh, I think you're in the last one. Uh, you did it well with a tearjerker. Oh, well, that's... Uh, <laughs> uh, that's because uh, I, I have to change them slightly because I have a rebroadcast deal with the Lifetime Network. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna start replaying all the moose poops on lifetime and they said can you just sort of kind of you just sort of amp, amp up the weepy aspect of it all and i said yeah oh, okay, i can do that yeah i uh you know um i'll, I'll do what i can um <laughs> uh the groovy cat says yay tweets are happening Tweets happen. Uh, what can you do? Um... <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. I have to make a legal clarification. This just in. It seems that, te that technically the Midnight Movie Nights, who you can find at MidnightMovieNights.com and have a Twitter account uh, at MovieNightsPod. It turns out, in fact, they do talk about movies. Yes. Yeah. But not, not the one that they're going to watch. No, no, they do. I, I have to say, I listened to the last episode, and they did, in fact, talk about the movie. And it's quite an enjoyable talk and discussion. It's just the... the they warm up to it. They talk about other things first, and then they talk about them. They play this. They have a theme that goes. And then they uh, then they talk about the movie. Then the bossy one says. OK, we're going to talk about the movie. And the funny one says, oh, it's about fucking time. And then they talk about the movie. And, and it's cool stuff. I, I quite enjoy it. It's one of my favorite non-Gabnet programs. Let's see. What are you holding up for me to see? Oh, it's the lovely Anne of Green... That's not... And that's not slutty Anne of Green Gables at no, all. It's a uh, Asian, Japanese... <laughs> dressed up. It's just, yeah. That's right. It, no, no, it would have been better if he had shaved off the goatee before he had dressed up as Anne of Green Gables, but... Uh... <laughs> uh... I've got three days uh, stubble growth here, so you can call me Don Johnson for the night. That's true. Do you have socks on? No, I'm actually barefoot. Oh. I didn't have shoes on. Oh, so well, okay. I'm like John Johnson at the beach. Do you remember how, do you remember how, uh, I don't know, you may not be, uh, uh, I, you're younger than I am, but uh, still you were aware, maybe, I don't know, were you aware of when 
Miami Vice actually came on TV? I watched it. Yes. Okay, but let's see. Let me just uh, check this here. Miami Vice uh, started in 1984. So you were how old? 14? What what year? 84. Eight, oh, uh, I would have been four, uh, I was born in 75. Nine years old. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're looking at it as a nine-year-old. And you're you're sitting there with the the pacifier in your mouth and the bottle, and you're watching the show. So maybe it didn't have the same cultural impact as it had on me. Uh, I was older at, in '84. I mean, I was in my twenties. Come on, um, you're that old. Yeah, I'm that old. Holy shit! Uh, that's that's what my doctor said to me today. <laughs> that's what my doctor said to me. And then she said, you know, we're going to have to cut you open for a bit to do some stuff. And I said, and I said, I said, why? Why are you going to cut me open to do so? She said, because, oh, we think you're lying about your age and we want to count the rings. So I said, oh, wow. Uh, uh, can't you just use one of those? Uh, it, it's like a long, skinny skewer needle thing. You take a core sample. Why can't you just take a core sample and, and, and count how old technically I am. But uh, uh, she said they didn't have anything else to do, so they're going to do it that way. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. No, she didn't. She's not going to. They're not going to cut me open that way. Okay. So, uh, it, your, your core sample thing. Yeah. Reminds very much of what a medical examiner does on a crime scene where they stick the temperature gauge into a liver. To kind of determine the time of death. I thought they stuck a thermometer up your butt to do that. No, that's why you're still alive. Hmm. When you're dead, they go right for the liver. Well, that could explain a lot then. Okay. Why uh, they think you were you were <laughs> dead? So they stuck it through your liver. Uh, uh no, my liver is okay, but. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I was discussing my liver today. Okay. Uh, you know, it's not often that a person's liver comes up in conversation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you mentioned liver, and I happened to, I was having a conversation about my liver. Uh, by the way, my liver is fine. Uh so no, it was just it was it was one of those doctor days, and I was having a conversation. Uh, you know, um, so it just I'm I'm thinking of your mate you're you're distracting me is what you're doing. I do no such thing. <laughs> you know, by the way, I, I sent out a reminder to our uh, uh, a friend of the show, <laughs> uh, Johnny White Trash. Uh, I said to him. He he was looking for something to do tonight. And I said to him, well, you can always come to Canada. Right? Just as a reminder, uh, the fact that this show is on, the only day it's on live during the week, maybe you would like to talk to me. I said, you don't have to. Uh, you could sit back and, and play games for the first half hour while I drone on and on. And then you can cold call my show. And we can have a conversation. Well, guess what? Nothing. 
Not a word from the uh, from the uh, from the man to the east. So I think he fell asleep. Well, that or partying. <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, think about it. Medicine Hat. That name right there. Just scream party town. Oh, oh yeah. No, I I found out. I found out the the deep dark history of of party town things in medicine hat by the way i want to say and i will continue to say this shout out not to megan but shout out to uh the value village in medicine hat alberta i bought a jean jacket from them while i was there uh i have i love this jacket it seems like every day i wear it it fits me better and it just, it's so comfortable, uh, and it's, it's, it's cool. So, uh, God, I'm so happy. It's the, let's just say it's the best $6 I have spent in a long time. Can I, can I comment on something? Sure, go ahead. I'm very happy for you that you have this jacket and that you love it as much as you do. Yes. What makes me sad yes. is that you're wearing it. Yes. Not this moment, I'm not. No, but that you have to wear it at all at this point in the year. Oh, yes. yeah, well, I was wearing it yesterday. I wore it and a uh, a long black wool coat that went down to shin length on me because it was cold and rainy and I had, uh, yeah, so I, and I had long pants on too. By the way, uh, I have officially broke out the 501s for the, for the fall. <sighs> yeah, it's kind of sad. Don't you have, like, see, I have a schedule that I keep. Oh, I do too, and I've tried to keep it, but the weather isn't cooperating. Jim, you, you, you look the weather in the face, and you say, Damn you, weather! I'm doing it my way, and then you start turning into Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> I don't have the the uh, I don't have the convenience that you have of being surrounded by uh, a lot of bovine who emit larger levels of methane that help keep me warm. At the cooler time of the year, I'm just saying uh, we are lacking a we have a severe lack of of hoofs on the ground in this area. So, hey, can I make a very quick suggestion? Okay. Here? Yes. And this would effectively work the same way. Mm. Oh. Okay, lean in. Lean, lean in. If you get paralyzed, yes. you won't feel anything, mm. and then. It won't get cold. I, I only have to. It's it's like shutting off the heat to certain rooms of the house. Right. That's right. Think about that. Yeah. Give it some thought, Jim. That's right. I can have. I can keep the heat in the furnace, and I don't have to. I don't have to worry about heating my balcony anymore, or or you know my porch or anything like that. Hey, I, I mean, 
when I'm like <laughs> about a week ago or so, yeah, was quite chilly, very similar to the weather you're having, and I refused to wear anything other than shorts and a t-shirt. Period. I did put a hat on, even though it wasn't even necessary because it wasn't sunny out, but it did keep some of the heat in my bald dome. Um, but yeah, October 1st, I will wear jeans and a, and, a, and a jacket if need be, or 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Oh, okay. So if that happens, then I break my rule of wait until October 1st, but it's got to, it's got to get down 40 or below. Well, I, I wanted to say, uh, I also wanted to mention the fact that, uh, uh my wife has, uh, has, uh, this is a time of year when she goes back to work as a teacher. She's extremely organized at this time of year because she's restarting her professional life each and every September. And that bleeds into our domestic life, uh, which, well, for better or for worse, is, is just something you got to deal with. But that organizational push that she has at this time of year uh, winds up in my lap as well. And we got together and we went through every drawer in the dresser, every shelf in the closet, the, the wardrobe, all this stuff. And we we tried on clothes that I have not seen in ages. I swear I had a uh, a I, I had a T-shirt that said "Sit on it," and another one that said "Up your nose with a rubber hose," <laughs> and things like that. And it's just we got we got rid of these two large bags there was actually three bags two that were going to be donated to a thrift store and then one that was just clothing that is uh, so worn out that you can't do anything with it but throw it out it's just it's it's had its life it's done goodbye you know it would be fun what's that if you wait a few weeks and go to that thrift store. Yes. And then rebuy like one of your items and bring it home and show her proudly. Look what I bought today, honey. Oh, no, I got a better. Uh, this is fun. This is uh, my lovely wife had a pair of sweatpants, gray sweatpants that I, that I, she basically got them the first year we were together. Okay. So, and that's like almost 25 years ago now. She got these sweatpants and she wore them. But over the years, you know, they wear out in places. Uh, she's a very mobile person. You know, she would, uh, she wore them out in the knees, uh, you know, uh, between the legs and the, you know, back things, uh, seams would break. So we would. Uh, my mother was always looking for things to do whenever she'd come to visit. Do you have any sewing she want? You know, my wife can sew, I can sew, but mom would love to uh, pick up a job while she's sitting around. And, uh, you know, it's not like I'm going to make her shovel snow or something. So we would give her, we would give her, you know, oh, sure, sew a button on. And so she would sew a patch on the sweatpants. 
And what would happen is, over the years, that patch would wear out. And she'd sew a new patch in there, and they would become bigger. And she would just use cloth from the fabric bag that we had around, things that had we decided would be used for patches and things like that. And so finally, uh, and, and then once some areas got patched, the, the fabric was in contact with it, each other more. And so it would wear out faster and, and find like sort of in, in the crotch area, there was this gigantic layers of patching that had been done and, and, uh, and my wife said it, it had got, she was, I can't deal with these sweatpants anymore. It's like I'm smuggling a bale of cotton in my pants. You know, it's uncomfortable to sit around. It's, it's uncomfortable to walk, to do anything. These have to go. But I am, um, to quote one of the characters in, uh, Larry McMurtry's great book, Lonesome Dove, uh, uh, I'm not one to give up on a garment very easily. It, it, I, I, so my wife said, that's it. She went and bought herself some new sweatpants and she threw out the gray sweatpants with all the patches on it. And when she wasn't looking, I took them out of the garbage and I sent them to my mother and my mother repatched them and she washed them and she pressed them. Then she folded them nicely and put them in a box and wrapped it with Christmas paper with a ribbon. And we waited until the next Christmas and we put them under the tree. And we said to, to the lovely wife from Santa Claus, Awesome. And that 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 Christmas, as Santa had delivered the presents and I was handing them out to family members, this box arrived on my lovely wife's lap, and she said, "Oh, this looks nice. It's so nice. The wrapping paper is beautiful." And she gave it a little shake, and she could feel it had some weight to it. And I reached over to where the camera was beside me. And I made sure the camera was on and the lovely wife unwrapped the beautiful package, peeled back the tissue paper and just sort of stared into the box as if she didn't understand what was inside it. And then she reached in and she held up uh, what could only be described as almost like being Joseph's coat of many colors uh, or, or uh, yeah, it was just the multi-patched sweatpants, uh, all nicely pressed. And she held them up as she had no words. My mother was on the floor laughing. I was taking pictures. And she just, I think the words uttered on that holy Christmas morning was, you two people are idiots. 
And uh, so I recalled to her that story this weekend as we were cleaning things up. And I said, where are those sweatpants? And she says, oh, those are long gone. And I said, that's not fair. That's not right. She says, no, after that whole Christmas thing, I, no, come on, I'm not going to wear those. They're just, they're, they're, you wouldn't even dry the car with it after you washed it. And I said, well, that's, uh, that's too bad. She says, besides, they're too big on me now. They're just uncomfortable. And I said, uh, well, no, that's true. You've been doing a lot of yoga. You're, yeah, you're, you're very fit and active. In fact, have I said to you lately how proud I am of, of how you are health-wise? I mean, she's doing yoga like four or five times a week. She's very active. And she says, that's nice of you. That's nice of you to say after all these years. And I said, well, I mean it. I love you like the day I met you. And I said, because I'm so proud of you, I have a present for you. And she said, that's really nice. And so I went to where I had a gift bag. And I had a little ribbon around the gift bag and I brought it out. And she says, oh, that's nice. I said, only the best for my bride. And she took the little ribbon off the gift bag and she peered inside and there's tissue paper and she took out the tissue paper and reached her hand inside without looking and there was a long silence and I was just standing there smiling and and all of a sudden, she raised her eyes up at me and locked onto my eyes as if they were guided missiles. And the corners of her mouth went down, and she just looked at me, and she said words I had never heard my wife say because inside the bag was the sweatpants. Awesome. And all she could say to me was Motherfucker. That's uh that's that was my weekend. So awesome. uh, she tried to grab them away from me, but I I got them and I have put them away. And so there we She's, af she's afraid, she's afraid she's going to get sick one day and wind up in the hospital <laughs> and she's going to, she's going to wake up after some surgery or something like that and be lying in a hospital bed. And she's going to feel like, why do I feel this odd kind of wedgie itch going on? And she's going to lift up the blankets and she'll see that both her legs are there, but they are happily within the sweatpants that from hell that we now call them. So, oh, that's awesome. so that's, uh, yeah, that's, 
Uh, that's what we live with. Uh, hey, I got another tweet. Can you stick with me while I go to the tweets again? Of course. Okay, hang on one sec. Let me go find out who's tweeting, and then I'm going to have to be saying goodbye to people. This, um, the groovy cat says, wouldn't a core sample be a poop? Uh, I guess. Possibly. Uh, he also says liver and onions. Mmm. Uh, Diana says poopy story, sweatpants equals most excellent bonus story. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and the groovy cat says, you are an evil man, Jim. Hashtag evil Jim. Hashtag Rev Jim. Ah, oh, there. I, I say genius. <laughs> there, there is a fine line between genius and evil. Yeah, but see now, my... When my stepfather moved in with my mom and I, um, I think it was the first or second year they were together, and my mother had gone was going to work, and he went off of work for whatever reason, and she asked him to clean out the hallway closet where all the jackets were at. And um, so I would at school and my mother was at work and he was at home and um, my mother had picked me up from school and was livid and she wouldn't really speak to me so we got into the house and my stepfather is sitting there still sheepishly and um, my mother said well why don't you tell Patrick what you did and I'm thinking this is great because this is like a kid getting stolen in front of, you know, everybody. <laughs> you know, and I, but I'm trying to think, what could he have done that was so bad that she needed to embarrass him in front of me, uh, I, you know, 16, 17-year-old kids? Um, he threw out all but one of her coats that were in the closet. There were several leather jackets, uh, different winter jackets of different lengths, different spring jackets, um, dress-type leather jacket, you know, that you would go out on a, uh, you know, for a dinner date or something. Um, all told, it was something like 15 jackets had been discarded, and only about maybe two or three of his. And the story was, well, I've barely seen you wear any of these. And my mother had to 
explain to him, I'm sure, much more tersely than when she related to me. But we've only been together a few years, and it's not like I can wear all of these jackets all at once. And uh, it turns out that he took him to a local thrift store, and uh, my mother went back to that store. It was the same day. It just so happens that that was the day that the truck that collects all of the bags for distribution to all the different thrift stores came and they were unable to locate her several jackets, like I said, including some expensive leather ones that she had had for years. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, he was in the doghouse for quite some time. Oh. So, yeah, you you cleaning, uh, going through your stuff reminded me of that story. That. Uh, well, and by the way, I'm again. I'm happy to donate my. I, uh, I'm not going to have a yard sale and sell my own old clothing or anything. I'm happy to donate it, but I, I'm I'm telling you right now, uh, this is. Um, this is a byproduct of a small town. As I have I mentioned before, I live in a very small town. I have. Uh yeah, I, that uh Revelstoke, British Columbia, the coolest little town north of nowhere, yeah, kind of tiny, okay? Um uh I donated my clothing out of town because I really don't want to be walking down the street and seeing my old clothes walking back towards me, that is just, that'll just mess your mind up. It happened where I live. Yeah. Um, with some of, uh, a friend of mine, after she had left our former place of employment, we had, a, we had many polo shirts with logos on it from various conventions. She still, to this day, We'll see people out in public wearing what she's assuming are her own uh, blouses or polo shirts because she doesn't recognize the people as former employees. And you would only have that particular one if you worked during that year. And we don't live in a small town like that, but... It's, it does mess with you. And she said she's had many times where she just looked and gone, why didn't I just burn that, you know? Yeah, I don't want to see my old clothes walking towards me. I don't want to see my old, I even, if I'm selling a vehicle, the times I have privately sold a vehicle, I try to sell it out of town. Because first off, I don't want to sell it in town. Because if something goes wrong, I don't want to have to hear about it. <laughs> Okay, simple as that. But also, I don't want to be driving around and see my old vehicle, like, driving around. Uh, it's just, you know, memories are, are, are meant to be memories. They, they boom, yeah. It's like seeing an ex or, or just something, you know, everything has its place, and it doesn't need to be in my face. So, yeah. That's good. Everything has yeah. right, and it doesn't need to be in my face. That's right. Uh, I just want to say that the Groovy Cat sent me a message saying that he stands corrected. Oh, I guess maybe somebody put popsicle sticks and a twist ties on his leg as well, fixed him up. He stands corrected that at Tessic1138, I'm an evil genius. So there we go. 
Well, good. I'm I glad uh, come to that conclusion. I am an I am an evil genius. Hey, Patrick, I'm gonna have to say goodbye, but while I have you here, uh, do you ever find? Do you ever use any of the fine products from the uh, uh, the Pooping Well Corporation? Actually, yes, I do. You use the big red box of relief sometimes. I do. Well, they are a sponsor of this program, and I think we have to tell the world a little bit about them right now. Ah, bringing relief to the good people of Western Canada and Wisconsin for well over 100 years. The Pooping Well Corporation, makers of adult strength pooping good and the grape flavored kids pooptastic. Ask your pharmacist for the big red box of relief. The Pooping Well Corporation, dropping the deuce since 1902. That shit lasts forever. Just a little bit. That's all you need. I think I bought one box in 87, and it's still... I don't know how they make money. It just keeps going and going and going. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know... I I do. I, I do very well. <laughs> uh, Patrick, I have to say, uh, for my first weekly show, I can think of no better person uh, I would want to talk to. Maybe Miranda if she had called in, but she's probably busy doing stuff. Yeah, and Johnny's ignoring me. And Johnny's so. ignoring me. And, so, and, the, and, the third. and that fracking cat, at least that fracking cat, was uh, he was he was tweeting. And we heard from Jim Riley and Diana of the Night, the naughty nurse of northern New York. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom Yamaguchi said hi. The Midnight Movie Nights assured us that they, in fact, do talk about movies, and I believe them. Well, yeah, because you'll get your butt kicked if you don't. That's right. Yuha uh, David said hi <laughs> as well. Uh, did I say Jim Riley, Tom Yamaguchi, and uh, Jose earlier this evening? Uh, tweeted out that it was Whiskey Wednesday, but it's not really Whiskey Wednesday because uh, I'm not drinking whiskey. Uh, feel free to, if you want. Oh, hang on. I've just got an emergency <laughs> addition to the program. Motherfucker! <laughs> uh, let's see, who's calling Revelstoke Jim tonight? Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you from? Where did you see the UFO? Earl. <laughs> Texas. Texas. Uh, you know, Earl's wife is named Pearl. Watching the show. No, Pearl was always bacon. Right, but uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, anyway. Did, did they have a kid named Merle? No, they did not have a kid named Merle. The show did not long, last long enough for the for uh, the next generation of uh, of callers to go from there. Uh, too bad. Uh, I I specifically wore the red and black for you tonight, Miranda. I specifically wore the Star Wars for Patrick. Oh, and what did you wear for us tonight, Patrick? 
You gotta complete the circle. It's gotta be something for Jim. Yeah. Nope. My 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 three day stumble, so I could be like uh, Don John. <laughs> okay. Yes, you brought it all around to be part of the show. Very nice. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping the neighbor ladies uh, take notice. I'm letting my hair grow out. Usually, well, I'm just gonna chop mine off. Really, you're gonna chop yours off? I noticed your hair. It's 100 fucking degrees outside, and you're wearing <laughs> jeans and a hoodie. Yeah. That's got to go. Might as well be the hair. Yeah. I said to you the other night, I thought your hair was looking longer than usual. Well, it does grow. Yeah. Well, I realize that. <laughs> I realize that, but it just seemed as if you, you had let it grow longer than you normally do. Let it grow. Let it grow. But Jim, honestly, I don't think I've cut my hair the entire time I've known you. No, I think you have. Because you sent pictures once. That said, I got a haircut. Or maybe you just had it. Did you have it colored? A haircut. No, I haven't. Oh. No, no, no. color in my hair. All no. natural. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Okay, good. So it's only been one year since I've cut my hair. That makes me feel better. Yeah. See, I'm just saying. Uh, I've known you longer than a year. So. I, I was really afraid that the last time, yeah, that the the appointment I canceled was in December of 2013 rather than December of 2014. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I still have, I've, I've missed two makeups since then uh one of these days yeah 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 you know like i said if you can grow it grow it so i'm a grower not a shower i guess i, I can grow it but it would it, it would be bizarre <laughs> I, I just have an island in the front that would just kind of I, I don't know what the hell, you know. You know what? You could, you could let that grow out, and then you could just shape it with mousse, and it would be like a little, uh, you could make it like a unicorn thing. Uh, one of the munchkins from uh, uh, Wizard of Oz. I've uh, never seen it. Of course not. <laughs> now, it's surprising that I would have seen it, because I hate that one. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, I could gel it. But see, I'm actually actively looking for work. So if I were to, if if I went like retired, I would probably let my hair grow through the winter, just to see <laughs> what it would. Just let it naturally do its thing and see what would happen. Oh, you could turn that little front part into a like your own sort of unique man bun. Ooh, yes, I've seen. Males with buns, buns and it's <laughs> disturbing, but yeah. okay. Okay, I just it's just an idea. Now, uh, again, I'm glad Miranda phoned. I uh, uh, I make my formal apologies that uh, indeed the midnight movie nights do talk about the movie in our own special way, in your own special way. I mean, we start talking about the movie, and then we start talking about other things. Yeah, and but that, that's come back to the movie, and then sometimes right. we do, and sometimes we don't. That's right. No, I, I mean, and then sometimes we drop our phones. Your your friends like to to joke with you that you guys don't talk about the movie at all. But because you guys are special. 
<laughs> in many ways, certifiably. But you know, oh, we've got one iTunes review at least since the last time I checked. You know, which uh, like my hair more than a year ago at this point. Uh, <laughs> um. The one iTunes review was, it's the best movie podcast that doesn't actually talk about the movie. Yeah. It's brought in lots of numbers, and I think that's where that actually started. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. By the way, um, great show last night. Quite enjoyed it. I know this isn't some backslapping mutual admiration society. But I I enjoyed. So far, uh, you just keep telling me of you know how great the stuff I've been doing is. I I'm completely good with that. Okay, <laughs> fine. What, what about my show? As soon as you do something, Patrick, I will evaluate I, it. I Snapchatted the other day. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yes, I did. I it it said snap snap snap. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah now, was there a hand motion to go along with those snaps because i you know <laughs> patrick gave him one of those oh my god i would love that oh wouldn't that be yeah, yeah that... just it's like you know a, a, as he's talking you just bust out those snaps you know every few moments you would win rupaul's drag race you got wheels that yeah yeah no any i know i i yeah i mean the yeah no. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah. See, I, I Snapchat and and I I tweet when so. when you participate on social media in an infrequent manner like you do. Uh, yes, I have to say I don't think you wound up on Snapchat exactly the way everybody else winds up on Snapchat. But. Yeah. Or tweet the same way everybody else does either. So. That's right. I'm I'm different. Embrace that that viva la difference. There you yeah. go. There you go. That's right. Uh, I get, I did get a uh, tweet from the groovy cat who says he needs to find a new Ray Roy uh, because he's getting to be a shaggy kitty. That's right. You guys moved and you moved away from Ray Roy's. So, yeah. Yes, he can still get there. That's a long way for a haircut. I'm just I'm just saying there's got to be as far as I would be going if I actually got them. Uh, uh, there'd be other kitty clippers. I would close by. Ask, Miranda, can you wield a uh, hair clipper cuz you could just shave him like oh, right? I get my head shaved. <laughs> Uh, we've got scissors in a bowl. Everything's good. You're going to make him shemp? <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely not curly. With a K. <laughs> yeah. Um. So how has... I, I, I need a... Uh, I, I need a uh, impartial opinion, Miranda. Because... I just know Cat Patrick. I almost called him Catrick. Uh, wow, <laughs> we're a couple. Cat and I are a couple. 
So what are, what 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 did that benefit and and all of those? Couple of drinks and we can make that happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, they can they can put on the highwayman and <laughs> you know they're hugging each other arm arm in arm, singing Jolene and. <laughs> Uh yeah, really? and, and and then they got something red, and they start singing about the Ring of Fire. But <laughs> does anyone else think that that song is all about VD? Um, I always thought it was about hemorrhoids. Uh, I always thought it was June, um, <laughs> and she wrote it. Um. <sighs> talking about some indiscretion that Johnny might have had, but, you know. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I did get a message saying, uh, Dear at Rev Jim CanCon, screw that. I'll scalp myself before I let at Miranda Janelle chop at my head with scissors. Hashtag love you, Siebs. He frequently passes out on the couch and sleeps like a rock. <laughs> You're gonna ask something impartial before we. Oh yeah, 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 right. No, uh, I, I wanted. I was gonna because uh, I was trying to distract you. It worked. Yeah, uh, Miranda. Uh, I because Patrick, it just loves everything I do, so I can't get an impartial answer out of him. I need to know, Miranda, uh, what you think. How the uh, the official first. One show of the week went. Uh, did I stop everything that I was doing to call just because I wanted to be part of it? I give it two thumbs way, way up. Oh, cool. Thank you. I especially love that moose poop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. yeah, and, and oh, stole my heart. Am I right? The one, was it last week or the week before, was the same kind of a tearjerker? I don't remember the. It's just been a, 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 a top quality turds, my friend. Uh, let me uh, uh, let me just check to see what the hell. Uh, oh, the glazed duke gets sick. Oh God, yeah. yeah, yeah, that that was last week. Like I said, I have a uh, I uh, Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content, even though it's reduced on Gavnet, I now have a development contract with Lifetime, so I have to put an extra bit of teariness into the uh, uh, into the uh, the moose poops. You know, you these last two are ranking right up there with my Nicholas Spark book. I was going to say, I, yeah. And I'm going to end up putting you up on the shelf. Um, you know, I'm going to have to somehow get written versions of those. And Nicholas Sparks is going out the window. Well, you can, you can put me on the shelf, but I'm telling you right now, nobody puts Revelstoke Jim in the corner. I just, that's, that's, I got a simple, plain and simple rule. You know. Well, then. <laughs> Then you'll be the Canuck on the shelf. And I'm telling you right now, as for tonight, I've had the time of my life. 
<laughs> it's been it's been wonderful. Uh, no, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Nicholas Sparks can 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 eat my moose poop. I'm 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 yeah. See, it, and and see, the, the problem is every book that I read of his, I know I'm gonna cry, and that that would just irritate the hell out of me, and I know it, and and I know what the damn stories are. They're the same damn formula, and yet they get me every time. And now this is twice you've caught me off guard with your moose poops. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, well, that's nice. I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm happy that I've been able to uh, sort of affect you in in uh, in some way. After all, you're you're one of my favorite. Participants on this program. Well, you're you're one of my favorite hosts of this show. <laughs> I would hope of of this show at least. Yeah, of of this show. Yeah, because yeah. there are uh, other podcasts are available, and I'm just saying. Uh, but let, let's not forget, other people have hosted this show. True enough. Your favorite, though. Oh, well, that's cool. I'm just trying to think in comparison to uh, uh, how many other people have hosted this program. So, uh, let's see. Um, uh, let's see. I think technically, let me, I'm just going through a big list here. I have... Uh, on my computer technically when it comes down to it as i as i look at everything uh there has only been one other person who has hosted uh, this program now hang on uh let me just go through this list again and try to decipher what that name is. okay so technically again and it seems like it was a couple times this show has been hosted uh, um, uh, by somebody named Miranda. So you're saying, other than Miranda, I'm your favorite host of this program. Yes. So other Sorry. than Miranda, so you're saying you really like it when Miranda hosts, but you're a good substitute. I see. I see. That's <laughs> that's just what I needed to hear. <laughs> Does that help you it, with your... Yes. There we go. Oh, I never felt like this before. Yes, I swear. It's a truth. And I owe it all to you. You got sheet music for that stuff? Um, <laughs> I'm Revelstoke Jim. This has been Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content on its new night once a week, live Wednesdays. Uh, I'll be back on the 16th of September. That's a Wednesday as well. Maybe we'll get Johnny uh, to be awake. I'm not sure. But like I said... He'll listen to the. He'll listen at home for the first thirty minutes and play games, and then he'll cold call us, bastard. 
And Miranda will be back here on uh, next week on the 15th of September. And, that is correct. And then you'll find Alex and Damien on GabNet. Tuesday to Friday in their usual time slots. Uh, and Patrick will be wherever Patrick wants to be. Thank you for being here tonight, Patrick. Giving up your... Uh, did, you, uh, did your shirt have sleeves on it tonight, by the way? No. Real men don't need sleeves. I want everybody to see my armpits. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lovely armpit shot. That's just uh, awesome. Absolutely awesome. How long did it take you to braid the hair there? (laughs) I um, actually knew somebody that did that. Kind of had an... You mean they had an Anne of Green Gables armpit? Yeah. it, it, it It didn't last long. Uh, because of the discomfort, but yeah, I was in college. Somebody uh, did it. It was just as a joke. And hey, yeah. hey, come on, no excuses. Despite the discomfort, this show has lasted long enough. I'm telling you right now, it seems like I've been talking forever and I'm going to have to go and edit this show together because there's actually two parts to it because we. We lost the internet, and then it came back. So, uh, uh, yeah, what a what a weird night. Anyway, uh, lovely to see you both. Amazing when we can bring together Wisconsin and California and Canada into uh, uh, in hockey terms. Uh, there's two terms to describe in Canada. There are two terms to describe a grouping of three. In our case, I'm going to use the other term and call us a hat trick. So, thank you for joining me, Patrick. Thank you, Miranda, for joining me, setting everything up. I know you were busy doing stuff. Fill me in, though. What did you have for dinner real quick? <laughs> we have the muted Miranda. I'll give you one guess. Uh, Chipotle. Ding, 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 ding. There ding, you ding, go. Ding, ding. Thank you very much. And Patrick, what did you have for dinner? Uh, two two Italian sausages. Really? What were their names? What were their names? I was just going to ask. <laughs> Guido and Vito. Thank you. And uh, I wanted to say uh, a big shout out to uh, Manning's for Revelstoke Jim's dinner tonight. I had Chinese food on Wednesdays. Now it is now a, uh, a show routine Chinese food night. So I'm hungry already. It's back. That's what happens. You podcast and then you get hungry again. Thanks very much. I'm going to say goodnight because now I'm just rambling. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> there we go. I give the official goodbye greeting uh, and we say goodbye to everybody. Here, where do I push the button? Yeah, there we go. Okay. Well, thank God they're gone and I don't have to uh, hear from them anymore tonight. 
it's really kind of awkward sometimes when when I hear from Patrick and he uh, he just goes on and on and on and on. And uh, Miranda can be so precise in her communication sometimes, it just gives me a bit of a headache. But uh, they are the citizen panel. And, uh, oh, hang on. Oh, actually, are you guys still there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, um, you didn't hear any of that, did you? Yeah. I don't know precisely what you're talking about, but yeah. Um... It's 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 comedy. I just I was doing a bit. Just doing a bit. Yeah, you're gonna get bit. Yeah. Well. Uh, anyway, uh, hang on. So it's the big red button I push. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There we go. Oh, there they go. Yes. That. Oh, now I. Yeah. Now I know they're gone. Uh, that's it for me. Again, thanks to the Groovy Cat, Tom Yamaguchi, Jim Riley. Diana of the Night, the Midnight Movie Nights, Yuha David, and Jose, who's out there, and I think uh, did I? I think that's everybody. Hope I didn't forget anyone, folks. Uh, guess what? I will see you live on the internet in one week's time. Until then, I leave you with this thought. Did you get it? I meant it from the heart. That's it. Uh, I'll see you next week. And there's more stuff coming here on Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content, the weekly edition, uh, things to talk about, new segments, all sorts of stuff. Remember, it's never over till it's over. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Head on back to Gabnet.net, a tune-in partner tomorrow. Please take care of yourselves. <laughs> and we will indeed see you a little further on down the road. Fix the damn machine, Brad! rack when you're ready to leave. Failure to do so will damage both the speaker and your car. We'll be grateful, and so will the patrons who follow you. Bop, bop, bop. <laughs>